everybody and welcome to this very special festive episode 15 titled Christmas Rudolph with your nose so bright won't you guide my sleigh tonight it will be an honor sir you'll shoot your eye out kid Dad, that thing was in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. Never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. Let's see if we'll make Frosty alive again. Hey, I said my first words. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! There is so much to talk about with the uh, topic of Christmas, the holiday, the season. That's what I love about Christmas. It's not just about the day, December 25th. It's about the season, much like Halloween. I enjoy it all month long. It's not like a birthday where just one day you celebrate and move on. Christmas, to me, is pretty much you get Thanksgiving over with and then... Ha! Uh, out come the uh, Christmas lights, the Christmas tree goes up, the stockings. I decorate the whole bit. I go full out. I love Christmas. Everybody has a different opinion about Christmas. I'd like to think that most people see it as a hopeful, optimistic, positive time of the year. Yes, there's some stress involved, whether it's buying gifts or dealing with this or that. It tends to be a time where people put a lot of emphasis on making it great and perfect and everything seems to be highlighted. Christmas can be a metaphor for life. Living in the moment, embracing those around us, giving more than receiving and the importance in that. And today we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. Christmas movies, Christmas music, some of my personal memories, I have a couple special guests. There'll be some music. I'll be playing some guitar. And I will be reading my book, The Skater's Night Before Christmas, and a few other surprises. Like I said, I love Christmas. I think I was uh, handed the Christmas torch from my mother, who really got into it. I mean, she had a few trees. I had a couple trees. My brother and my dad were into it. But we were definitely the ones that shined the brightest when it came to having the Christmas spirit. Before we begin, I'll give you a brief history about the history of Christmas and even Santa Claus. Much like every holiday, they go back way, way back. So there's a huge history that has developed into what we uh, know as Christmas today and the traditions we all share. I've seen a couple uh, documentaries on the history of Christmas that are pretty in-depth and the history of Santa Claus. A good resource if you want to read up on uh, the history of Christmas is to go to history.com. It's the History Channel. They do this whole thing and 
read up on it. But really, the first time the birth of Jesus Christ was attributed to uh, December 25th was the 4th century. And according to early Roman history, the early celebrations of Christmas are thought to have uh, derived from Roman and other European festivals that marked the end of the harvest and the winter solstice. And according to Google, what is the true history of Christmas? You get this. It reads, Christmas is celebrated to remember the birth of Jesus Christ, who Christians believe is the Son of God. The name Christmas comes from Mass of Christ, or Jesus. A Mass service, which is sometimes called Communion, is where Christians remember that Jesus died for us and then came back to life. And let's see, jumping on the History Channel and their Christmas section here, there's some Christmas facts, which reads, Each year, 30 to 35 million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States alone. There are about 21,000 Christmas tree growers in the United States, and trees usually grow for about 15 years before they are sold. In the Middle Ages, Christmas celebrations were rowdy and wild, a lot like today's Mardi Gras parties. When Christmas was canceled from 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was outlawed in Boston and lawbreakers were fined five shillings. Christmas was declared a federal holiday in the United States on June 26, 1870. Now, also looking on this uh, thing on the History Channel, they have something on Santa Claus, the history. It reads, Santa Claus, otherwise known as St. Nicholas or Kris Kringle, has a long history steeped in Christmas traditions. Today, he is thought of mainly as the jolly man in red who brings toys to good girls and boys on Christmas Eve. But his story stretches all the way back to the 3rd century when St. Nicholas walked the earth and became the patron saint of children. I do a Christmas program every year, typically uh, at a library and at schools. And kids do ask me, they say, hey, do you believe in Santa Claus? And I say, yes, of course. Santa came every single year when I was a kid. He still kind of comes. Doesn't bring anything, but it kind of changes. I see Santa is kind of a spiritual thing, as a happy force that uh, is about giving and not receiving. Say that to a child. I remember being a kid, and you get pretty excited about those gifts, don't you? Uh, with, without a doubt, it was, you know, you get excited. You ask for something for Christmas. I see Santa Claus as magic, something you can't see, something you can't reach out. I mean, we always would want to stay up late and maybe peek out and catch a glimpse, but it never really did happen. And so I've never seen him in person. Um, some kids tell me that the mall Santas that you see everywhere are actually Santa's helpers. But hey, who knows? One of them might be the one. Jolly old Saint Nick. You never know. I remember when I was about, oh, I don't know, 10 or so, asking my mom in private. I said, is there a Santa Claus? You know, I'm starting to question it. You get that age, you start questioning Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairies and all that jazz. 
Well, I'd left that room in tears and sad, but I also gained a lesson, and I learned a lot from that. And uh, for the kids out there, you know, what did my mom say? Well, Santa changes as you get older. Your perception of Santa changes, but it's still that spirit. He still comes. So, you know, you better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. I have always wondered how he comes through a, a chimney, if you don't have a chimney, uh, how he gets into your house. But again, it's magic. You wake up that Christmas morning, and there you see the glow of the tree. You see your, your parents or your brother or your sister, and everybody's together. And that's what's important, having people together, your friends, your family, your loved ones, and sharing in the gift of being together. Gifts are great. It's not about receiving. It's about giving. That's what it's all about. Music, to me, is a huge part of Christmas. My mother always had Christmas music going on the record player, nonstop, the whole entire season. And she was an accomplished pianist. So she would play Christmas carols. I still have her Christmas book, a couple of them, the music tablature. And I'd picked up the guitar in my youth, about 12 or so. And I was playing uh, songs, not Christmas songs. Not until probably uh, mid-high school or so. My dad, he was a gynecologist in the community. And every year, he had a Christmas party. Now, this Christmas party was specifically just for the people that he worked with. And... They needed entertainment. So my dad said, hey, you're a guitar player. Would you like to do some Christmas songs? I thought, well, sure, why not? He's going to pay me a couple bucks. Can get a stool, sit in the corner, and perform. So I was handed this challenge. And I had did this for years, these Christmas parties, every single year until he retired. And I kept getting more and more and more songs. I would start off simple and just kind of learn the melody, and I would do my own original arrangements. So that's how I really learned to play a lot of Christmas songs. Of course, I was playing piano as well and doing that, but primarily it was Christmas guitar for my dad's Christmas parties. I ended up uh, making a couple CDs. I made one years back. Actually, it was a cassette tape that I produced, made, made little covers, and just sent out to uh, my family members. And then a few years back, I made a whole entire CD, 33 songs, my favorite Christmas songs, original arrangements. I performed them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to play a, a song or two here today. Let's do a little medley for you to share my Christmas spirit and love for Christmas music.
And there you have it. Just a small sample. I know so many Christmas songs. I love playing them. And uh, I always keep playing them during the year. But when Christmas comes around, at this time I have them memorized. So I've enjoyed playing these tunes at uh, nursing homes. I play them in my Christmas programs and everything. But something about the nursing homes and reaching the elderly, they just love it. I mean... It's fun to connect with all ages. Now, some of my favorite Christmas songs and uh, Christmas albums. I say albums because I did grow up on uh, records. I had a record player growing up in cassettes. And my parents, my mom in particular, she was the one that was spinning these puppies all day long during the holiday season. And uh, the record that probably got played more than any other one was Time Life treasury christmas what year did that come out uh 1986 so i was in grade school i believe there's four records in there i have it right here time life put it out but it's all the classics i mean all the old school original stuff the gold that's my favorite the old stuff the classic christmas songs some of the recreations of some of these Christmas tunes are almost unbearable. Some of the newer ones, I mean, it's great. Do what you want with a Christmas song, but to me, I love the classics. I don't like it too destroyed or, you know, I'm sentimental. I like to hear what I grew up on, and it's old school, so it's got some weight. But uh, that's a great uh, album. And they put out a lot of different versions of it, but the original one has all the uh, four records. And uh, what else? One of my favorite Christmas albums. I bought my junior year in high school, I believe, maybe around 1991 or so, at a True Value hardware store. Sounds funny, right? But I was really into Paul McCartney at the time. Before that, it was the Beatles, but I fell in love with Paul McCartney's solo recording career. And he had a song, one of my favorite Christmas songs, Wonderful Christmas Time. Love it. Well, I was so excited. One time I went to True Value to buy something, who knows. And uh, they had the CD, Happy Holidays. And it was volume 27. Every year, this store, True Value, the hardware store, would put out a new compilation of Christmas songs. And... Uh, now I have a whole bunch of them I've collected because I'm a nerd like that. But my favorite was Volume 27 because the first song was Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney and Wings. And it's got Randy Travis on it. It's got some old school, Bing Crosby, Tanya Tucker, Nat King Cole. Uh, the list goes on and on. And uh, yeah, it's classic songs and it had that Paul song. I also had that on cassette. Back then, when you were really a fan of an album, you would buy it in all formats. <laughs> that way, if you had the cassette, you could play that on your little Sony cassette Walkman. That ages me a bit. And another classic Christmas album that I really like is uh, Ken and Dolly, Once Upon a Christmas. That's right. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. This came out in 1984. I was in early grade school then, and uh, 
This album's kind of cool because it's classic and it's kind of stuck in its time. And of course, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton were from the, you know, 70s and brought themselves into the 80s and so forth. In fact, uh, Dolly Parton just recently put out a Christmas album and she's getting up there in age, but with the magic of plastic surgery and her wonderful wigs, she looks like she's 30 years old. However, her voice still sounds great, which is super cool. But that album had a song called I Believe in Santa Claus and uh, the song with what bells on. I'll be there with bells on. Shing, 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 shing. Love that song. Check it out. And speaking of 1984, the song Do They Know It's Christmas Time came out that year. Now, this was a, a cool song. It was kind of like a We Are The World project. It was uh, Bob Geldof put together a bunch of superstars at the time. And they were artists that I was already a fan of. So when this came out, we had Duran Duran, Bono, uh, Boy George. It was awesome. Uh, check out the video too. Fashion's entertaining. But that's a great song. Do they know it's Christmas time? The group Bob Geldof organized was called Band-Aid. And Band-Aid was to raise money in Ethiopia for... Uh, a food problem. People were having trouble getting food and people were starving. So that's what that was all about. Another great Christmas album by Mr. John Denver and the Muppets called A Christmas Together, which came out in 1979. And I was already a fan of the Muppets, of course. Grew up on the Muppet Show. Kermit the Frog. Everybody that knows me knows I'm a Kermit fan. And uh, John Denver. Love all his work, and he put out a couple Christmas albums also. But this is a great compilation of tunes, some duets with the wonderful Muppets. One of my favorite Christmas songs is Last Christmas by Wham! That came out in 1985. I remember this really well. Uh, George Michael wasn't solo quite yet. It was a couple years later till the album Faith came out, which was huge. Made him a huge solo artist star. But before that, we had Last Christmas, which was awesome. If you haven't seen the video, you have to see it. It's entertaining, very 1980s, stuck in the 80s, which is why I love it. The fashion, there's a little love story going on. This song has been covered so many times through the years. In fact, I mean, yeah, it was big when it came out, but it's really big now. Kids know it, and it's been re-recorded by popular artists and check that one out. That's one worth playing every year. And let's see. Ah, The Muppet Christmas Carol, the soundtrack. This was from the movie that came out in 1992, which I'll be talking about here shortly. I love the music from this. It's all original, which is unique in itself. And this movie came out right after Jim Henson died. So the world was kind of like, well, what are we going to do with Kermit and the future of the Muppets? They put that movie out as a first effort, and uh, Brian Henson, his son, took it over, and uh, it was a success. And I love the music, um, everything about it, the storyline. It's, it's to uh, Charles Dickens, The Christmas Carol, of course, and it's very well done. Michael Caine plays Scrooge, and to me, I've seen... A lot of different movies of the Christmas Carol and 
Michael Caine plays the best Scrooge. He just does. He's my favorite. What's what's that? Oh, somebody is at the door. Oh my gosh. You guys oh, funny time in talking about the Muppets. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Hey everybody. Kermit the Frog here. Hello, Doug. Hi ho. Kermit the Frog here. Kermit, what are you doing? I was listening to your podcast. Glad you uh, like the Yes, movie. yes. I would like to sing a song. Hey, go for it. Here we go. All right. There's magic in the air this evening. Magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. The promise of excitement is one the night will keep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. Sound good, Doug? Ha! Yes, Kermit. Glad you liked the movie. It was fun to make. I still can't believe you stopped by. Thank you. I do love Christmas. Me too. The world has got a smile today. The world has got a glow. There's no sustaining strangers when a stranger says hello. And everyone is family. We're having so much fun. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas Day. Tis the season to be jolly and joyous. With the burst of pleasure, we feel it arrive. Tis the season when the saints can employ us to spread the news about peace and to keep love alive. Mm-hmm. There's something in the wind today. It's good for everyone. This faith is in our hearts today. We're shining like the sun. And everyone can feel it. The feeling's running deep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas Day. Wow, Kermit the Frog, everybody. Thank you. That was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, everyone. Merry Christmas. We'll see ya. Bye. Ah, well, that was fun. I've always been a big Kermit fan. Uh, watching the Muppets growing up, and I was into puppetry as a kid. I did ventriloquism puppets and all kinds of stuff and talent shows, and I was big into that. And uh, just a few months ago, I did a video with Kermit. Yes, I did the puppet. Yes, I did the voice to a rainbow connection out in the woods, which was quite an experience and a challenge, but I pulled it off. The video's out there. Check it out if you get a chance. Just something kind of uplifting, and Kermit was always such a positive figure, and uh, I think that radiates through uh, Jim Henson and the work that he did with the Muppets. Yeah. Now moving along, something very important in the tradition of Christmas is cinema. Movies. I love movies. I did a whole podcast on movies. With Christmas, they go hand in hand. You got to get your popcorn out. You got to get the fireplace going. Got to get the pillows, comforter, warmth, and movies. My favorite Christmas movies. There's so many. Let's get started. I have them here with me. 
First up, uh, Christmas Carol, Jim Carrey, and uh, Robert Zemeckis, who made Back to the Future. I love this adaptation. Saw it in the theater, 3D, which was just really cool. It's got some scary parts, but uh, check that out. Speaking of Jim Carrey, the next movie. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Dr. Seuss. Of course, the cartoon, that's a given. But uh, Jim Carrey's version, which came out in the year 2000. Very colorful movie. At times, it's kind of strange and different. But how fun, colorful, and festive. Saw that in the theater as well. And our classic movies from back in the day. The, uh, the animated claymation stuff and uh, stop motion. Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which, believe it or not, came out in uh, 1964. It was that long ago, which was the year the Beatles came to America. The British invasion exploded. So, I mean, that dates it. Like, wow, to think it's been a classic for that long. I mean, timeless. And, of course, there's good morals and values. It's a bullying lesson movie. You can take a lot from this. I'm glad it lives on. And... Next is kind of different and obscure, but I fell in love with this years ago. This is Yogi's First Christmas. Now, this was a TV special, and I first saw it. Uh, it came out in 1980, so I was just a little guy, maybe first grade or so. And through the years, I had like a VHS copy of it, and uh, it's disappeared through the years. However, I've tracked it down, which wasn't easy to find a good version on DVD, but I do have that. It's rather long. But it's Yogi Bear's first Christmas. I mean, you know, hey, hey, hey. Good stuff. And what do we have next here? Uh, let me look. We have Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. Yes, of course, the animation. It was uh, made by the same people, Rankin Bass, that made Rudolph and all these other classics. That uh, came out in 1969. Again, it lives on. It was before I was born. I mean, to think in the middle of flower power and all that, that Frosty was gracing television sets across the nation and reaching out. And of course, there's good morals and values pumped into that as well. Now next, of course, being a fan of the Muppets and Jim Henson's work, how can I not fall in love with Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? I love Love this. Got to watch it every single year. This came out on television in 1977. Same year that Star Wars came out. Puts it in perspective. And there's such a great story. Little Emmett. Uh, doing his band and the talent show. And uh, trying to help out his mom. Because his dad had passed away. So there's a lot of sadness in that TV special. But it really tugs at the heartstrings and the music is great and the puppetry is phenomenal i mean if they made that today it would be made digitally perhaps and have all these bells and whistles but the simplicity and artistic side of this special is just wonderful the puppetry and uh the singing awesome next uh this counts as a christmas movie folks the Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out in 1993. I saw this in the theater. I talk a lot about this throughout my different podcasts. 
What a Special Movie by Tim Burton, which originally started out as a poem. He had worked at Disney. And uh, many years go by, he has success, and this poem gets the dust off of it, and he creates this wonderful, wonderful movie, which I know a lot about. And of course, it's got the roots of Halloween, but it turns into Christmas, and it mixes the two, and it ends towards Christmas time, and the Christmas land in it is just awesome. I love, love this. I saw this in the theater again, and... When I first saw it, I just fell in love with it. I was curious and saw the poster, and it was a musical, so I'd always liked musicals, and I could relate to the character of Jack Skellington, and today the movie is huge. I mean, back when I first saw it, it had a small cult following, but it's grown so much through the years, and this film has found its audience. And uh, people, you see tattoos, I mean, everybody's a fan. But for a long time, you couldn't find merchandise of this movie anywhere. In fact, when the movie came out, I had bought some uh, toys at the local Fisher Big Wheel store. And a lot of these stores clearance these toy items because they thought they were, they were considered Christmas items. So I could get like a Jack doll or something for half off. So I got a few toys and... Uh, Fun, fun, Nightmare Before Christmas. And this is a no-brainer because our good friend Kermit just uh, stopped by. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, which came out in 19, let's see, 92. Yes. So I was just a senior in high school. I went over to the small theater in Mansfield, Ohio with my girlfriend at the time and uh, popped into this movie and fell in love. It was the first movie that uh, they made after Jim Henson passed away, which was a big deal when Jim died kind of at a younger age, relatively unexpected. The uh, whole Henson empire was like, well, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And they put this film out. Brian Henson, his son, took over this empire. And this movie just, it's so good. The soundtrack, the music. I fell in love with it, and I definitely watch this every Christmas Eve. This is the one. This is my granddaddy of uh, all Christmas movies. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Now, this one's up there too, folks. Holy Toledo. We have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. I love, love this movie, and I hope you do too. It's so good because it's hilarious. It's funny. It's actually the third vacation movie in their uh, installment that they had going. Kind of neat how the kids change each movie. They have a new set of kids, but boy, Clark and uh, his wife stay the same. And uh, boy, you got Uncle Eddie and so much fun in this film and uh, good morals and values. And it's just hilarious. You got to love it. Now... We have a Charlie Brown Christmas. The animation came out in 1965. Again, many years ago, you watch some of these specials and they seem like they were made yesterday. They're timeless. That's what makes them so good. I grew up with Charlie Brown. Literally, my dad's name is Charlie Brown. And yes, he looks like Charlie Brown. So my whole life, we would be getting things like Snoopy, gifts, uh, you know, 
Charlie Brown, <laughs> Christmas decorations, cards. Everybody associated my father with Charlie Brown. It is his name, but my whole life. No, I don't have a sister, Lucy, or what have you. But got to watch this every year. Now, finally, how can we have a Christmas without watching the classic A Christmas Story? Now, some people don't like this film. I've talked to people, just, they say the kids are annoying. No, this movie's classic. It's a time period piece, and uh, this movie came out in 1983. So I was uh, in third grade. So many good things happened in 1983. That was a big year of my life. But I remember watching this movie with my uh, family, and especially my dad. He could really relate to this film because it was kind of his childhood. The years that Ralphie, you know, and all his adventures were placed in. And uh, this movie was filmed in Cleveland. So they've uh, fixed up the house through the years, and you can go and see it. And I've seen it several times, and it is such a trip. Love it to be able to uh, stand on that porch, to be in the living room, to be in the backyard where he shot his BB gun. And uh, in fact, geez, I remember years back, they would play this. They probably still do on TBS 24-7. It just would repeat. So that's how I would catch it. Um, just turn the television on. and So perhaps some people got burned out on it. But me, I watch it at least two or three times during the holiday season. Got it on Blu-ray now, and all the bonus features and the fun stuff. But again, this movie was filmed in Cleveland, so I can relate to it. It's got that East Coast vibe to it, and uh, the stuff downtown in the film was all filmed downtown Cleveland, Tower City, which I've been to many times. So I can walk the, uh, the street that Ralphie and his friends went down, and I've got video of it, and Lots of photos. So there's some movies. Of course, there's more. I could go on and on about this. But those are my uh, holy grail of Christmas movies. Got to watch every year. And I hope you have seen some of those. I'm sure you have. Who hasn't? And next, uh, let's talk about some Christmas memories I have. A lot of traditions. I'm very sentimental with the whole thing. Let me set the, the mood a little bit. And... Play my electric guitar, set the mood. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast about my mother instilling the Christmas spirit within me. She would play the piano all season long and that got into my veins and I became a Christmas nut. She had a couple trees. I had a couple trees. I would decorate my room pretty extensively. Uh, and as a kid, I had a lot of stuffed animals. So I would play Santa Claus. I would get these paper bags that had like white and red 
lines on them so that it looked like a Christmas package. And I would wrap up or put in bags all these toys that I had in my toy room or wherever. I'd find any object. I probably had maybe 25, 30 stuffed animals. I knew each one by their name. And the night before, we would have a Christmas party. I'd play a Christmas movie in my room, put the lights on and everything. And they'd have a big sleepover party. And in the morning, after I did my normal Christmas with my family, I'd sneak back to my room and open the gifts for all my little stuffed animals. Funny, cute, but sentimental. I can't help but think about that time period of my childhood. And uh, speaking of stuffed animals, I'd received a gift from my grandmother. I was my grandmother McPeak on my mom's side. I was, I believe, nine years old and I went to a KB toy store in Mansfield with my grandmother and my brother and she wanted to know what we wanted for Christmas. So I went to KB Toys. That was the store to go to. And I saw this green little guy from a show called The Great Space Coaster, a TV show that played in the mornings. And there was a character called Gary Gnu. He was a newscaster. I just connected with the guy cool little there's no news without Gary Gnu and I told her I wanted this uh, doll it was a stuffed animal but it was probably about I don't know 12 inches high and come Christmas I get this stuffed animal Gary Gnu now huh, power of a gift to me Gary he became my best friend he was you know the guy the stuffed animal everybody every kid has one that just stays with them through their whole entire life. Gary was that thing. And to this day, sure enough, Gary resides here with me at my residence. I still have him. He's seen better days, but I try to keep him up, you know. And uh, when my mom was sick even, when she was uh, struggling with her illness, she had cancer, passed away when I was 16 years old. And Gary was there. You know, I mean, obviously I was a teenager, and but he was there. If I had someone to kind of talk to or there's something I could lean towards in Gary. And so he's always represented kind of this inner voice with me. And you never underestimate a child's toy. And uh, not only that, my grandma, years later, she had told me she had no idea when she bought this crazy little green guy. She thought it was Kermit, that it would turn into such a powerful object that I have and it represents a lot and my parents to their credit were very social and festive every year in my childhood my parents would host a huge huge Christmas party I mean the whole community just seemed to come to this thing the, our driveway was stuffed with cars and my dad would hire a uh, an accordion player and we would go caroling which people really don't do anymore and even at that time, it wasn't really common. We'd have maybe like 50 people. We'd ring on someone's doorbell and the accordion player would play songs and we would all sing. And could you imagine today experiencing that? It's kind of a rare thing, but it was unique. And uh, my dad also hired a uh, magician. I'll never forget that year. That was really cool. For all the kids, we'd go in the basement. And so my parents, their heartbeat. They embraced Christmas and the idea of connecting with others and hosting this party and just making people feel good. People would always look forward to this. In fact, when they did stop doing it, it was kind of like, are you guys having that party this year? But 
it kind of ran its course and they put a lot into it. It wasn't free and it was a lot to, to take on. My brother was two years older than me, still is, but I was the baby and I was the younger one. So when come Christmas time, I'd always ask for the toys and there was that transition where I was getting the cool toys and he was getting the socks and the sweaters and the kind of, you know, it was a step up. My brother, that always upset him. I was the Christmas geek. I was the one to wake up at six in the morning and shake him and say, hey, hey, I think Santa came. Well, let's do this. He's like, Doug, go back to bed. My brother and I were always kind of tiffing and fighting like most siblings do. And one year, we drove my mom crazy. We were fighting. She got so upset. She took this box of Christmas cookies and threw them down the hallway. I'll never forget this. And yelling at us and saying, Santa isn't coming this year. So we went down, my brother and I, to the bottom of the stairs and we cried, Santa's not coming. Well, Santa did come that year. And my mother, she just loved the whole Santa Claus concept. And even in high school, some people, you get a certain age and the parents are like, well, you know what? You're older now. We're going to open up all our Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve. Well... I experienced Santa all the way through high school, you know. My brother and I would go to bed and wake up, and to our surprise, Santa had arrived. One special family tradition that I look back on with fondness is our family every Christmas Eve would go down to eat dinner at the Worcester Inn, which is located on the College of Worcester. I grew up near that campus on Avalon Drive. And there was something really special about that meal and that place. It was a nice restaurant. Sadly, it's not there anymore. But I always think back to that time period and those dinners. We did it all through our childhood and junior high and high school. And I cherish those times. I look back with a heavy heart because, I mean, that's when my mom was alive. Her last Christmas was the Christmas of 1989. She had died April of 1990. And I don't know why I remember this, but it tugs at my heartstrings. Christmas morning, again, I was like 16, and my mom, I came up, my hair was all messy, I'm tired, and, and she said, Did Sammy come? Referring to Santa Claus, of course, and... You know, I was like, Mom, please. Being the embarrassed teenager. Like, she's talking to me like I was five years old. But looking back in her system, in her heart, that's how she looked at me. And I'm kind of like that now. I get it. And she was fun and playful. And uh, she really loved Christmas. She made the cookies. The music always going. I can still smell the cookies and the candles in that living room. In the dining room and the meals were made around Christmas. And of course, the echo of her piano playing. We had a mini grand piano that is now housed at my dad's place. It's a Yamaha mini grand. And she played that a lot. And unfortunately, I don't have like a lot of recordings of my mother playing piano. However, one Christmas... Did Christmas videos, VHS days, so the quality is not great, but 
there was one particular time where the camera, my dad, he messed up when the, just pressed the on and off button. So the camera was actually rolling. It was on, but nobody knew it. So I have this whole videotape of like the meal and all in the background. And then my mom and my aunt playing piano. And I've obtained from the VHS to DVD to digital a little bit of that, of her playing piano. And this was right around Christmas time. She's sitting directly beside my aunt and they're drinking wine and my mom is playing piano. And here's a, here it is. I do miss her dearly. And Christmas is one of those times to reflect, to remember those who aren't with us anymore, who are no longer alive, but they live on through their spirit and through us, through ourselves. Now, one year, a few years back, I made a really neat gold snowflake that had a picture of my mom in it. It was kind of like a frame, and I sent those out, a whole bunch of them, to my family and it was a wink it was a way to keep her memory alive so I know people my brother for example he puts that on his tree every year I am looking at it right as we speak I have a really neat tree that I had bought when I was about 12 years old at a discount store called Nichols so that's probably about sixth grade or so and I bought this fake tree artificial tree because before that I just had like green poster board trees that I'd make and put construction paper but I wanted to go legit so I bought this tree and I've had it through my whole life all those years it's still here it's seen better days but I obtained all the uh, Christmas decorations I had as a child so there's stuff on there from preschool stuff from my grandma from from the early 70s and also the decorations that were on the family tree after my mom had passed away and we graduated high school my dad would just put a uh, wreath up in the living room and that had all our decorations that we had on the original Christmas tree well I now have all those decorations so I get to look at ones that I'm looking at now that say the Browns 1980 and a bunch of other fun ones the neatest one I have is uh, one my dad made for my mom. He gave it to her on Christmas Day. And it's a, a real estate agent. She's holding the sign. My mom was a real estate agent at the time and worked for Real Estate Showcase. So he had put little letters on the sign that say Becky Brown. And he had printed out the Real Estate Showcase logo and put it on the board that this realtor is holding. So that's kind of unique and a whole bunch of decorations like that. Every year I probably get one or two new ones. So this tree is stuffed and it has seen better days, but it's still there. I'm looking at it as we speak. It's a special tree. Another family tradition, every Christmas Eve, before we would go to bed, my dad would read to my brother and I. 
get on the couch, the fireplace would be going, and he would read two books. The Night Before Christmas, it was a Hallmark pop-up book that he had to repair through the years, duct tape and everything, because it had seen a lot of page turning. I now have this book in my possession. And the other book that he would read was The Rainbow Goblins. You have to check this book out now. It's by Olda Rico. It is huge. I mean, it's probably a couple feet wide and a couple feet tall, but the paintings in it are amazing. It's a trippy story. If you look at the cover, you got to check it out. It's got these goblins and they're holding this string that's holding a rainbow. There's like five or six of them. And uh, he would read that to us. Speaking of reading, I've written a couple books. I think I'm up to seven now. My third book is The Skater's Night Before Christmas. My first two books, I had a biography and a self-help book, but my first kid's book, thank goodness I wrote, was called The Skater's Night Before Christmas, and it really took off. I was surprised. I never saw this coming, but it was a lot of fun to do. Now, years before I even had my first book published, I had wrote a poem to uh, The Night Before Christmas. And literally, I did it, a lot of it in my head. I came up with this. I was in the shower, and it just kind of started to pop into my head. I ran out after the shower, went on the floor, took a pad and paper, and just started writing this thing. And it just flowed out of me. It was one of those experiences that, like, here it is. So I had this poem, and I'd post it on my social media through the years, and people would always say, oh, I printed it out, and I'm reading it to my kid tonight on Christmas Eve. And that registered to me, and I thought, finally, one day, why don't I make this a real book? So I went through the process, and I did that. I connected with an artist friend of mine named Carissa Engel. She was a graduate of Cedarville University, and she had a studio art degree. So, I mean, it was a perfect match to do this. And thank goodness we worked together because that book, the illustrations are very important. And years after that, we had done a skateboard deck together, so we'd worked together. This book, through the years, has taken on quite a life of its own. It was even in Thrasher Magazine, and I was unaware of it. My friend Tommy was at Woodward Skateboard Camp in Pennsylvania, and he said, Doug, you're in Thrasher. So I said, what? Are you kidding me? So went out, bought me a Thrasher, and sure enough, there it was. They had printed The Skater's Night Before Christmas. I think we should read this. I think it's time. Set the mood wherever you're at. Dim the lights. I'm going to read this book to you. Are you ready? Let's begin. For the old and the young, and those no longer with us, that carry on. And for my mom, instilling the spirit of Christmas that will last all life long. The Skater's Night Before Christmas. What's that? The sound of a skateboard on top of the roof being pushed by a reindeer hoof? Santa Claus is delivering his toys in a brand new way. He's loaded up skate goodies to the brim of his sleigh. This year, Christmas will sparkle a surprise. When you peek out to see Santa, you may not believe your eyes. Twas the night before Christmas. The skate park was filled. They thrashed up the ramps they dreamed they would build. From Smith grinds to kickflips 
and catching some air. To somebody, alling all the ten stairs. The children were slamming and falling down on their heads, which later would land them all in their beds. At home asleep, the visions they had were from the last session, the good and the bad. And my lady and I were snuggled to sleep, dreaming of skating a bowl that was deep. When out on the mini ramp, I heard such a noise. Is it St. Nick delivering his toys? I went to the window to see what it was. Maybe a skater being harassed by the fuzz? The moon on the ramp, the glow of the snow. Could someone be skating the ramp down below? Then all of a sudden, it dawned on me here. There they were, skateboarding, eight tiny reindeer. With an old man in red, his tail slide so quick, I knew in that moment, it must be Saint Nick. Board slides to nose grinds, I named the tricks as they came. He cheered them on, calling them all name by name. To the top of the lip, try not to fall. Now thrash away, thrash away, thrash away all. I never thought I would see such a day. Santa on a skateboard instead of his sleigh. Then Pop wet the ollies onto the house top. They flew right above me, not making a stop. Then in a bang, I hear on the roof the sound of wheels being pushed by a hoof. As I flew down the stairs, I turned around. He slid down the chimney and did an invert on the ground. His heel flips were double and something to see. He landed them perfect in switch, I believe. A bundle of skate supplies he had in his bag. All the goodies you've wanted in a skateboard mag. His shoes were not boots, but bands with torn laces. You could tell that he had skated many different places. I had a new respect for this jolly red man. He was doing tricks I never could land. He started to skate. He wasn't falling. Could it be? Was this Rodney Mullen? He had a round face that matched his round belly that shook when he ollied like skating streets in Philly. All the tricks that he could stick, there was no doubt that this was Saint Nick. A stomp on the tail, the board in his hand, he ate all the cookies and did the tricks he could land. And now back to work to finish some things, he filled up the stockings with top-notch bearings. And laying a finger aside of his nose, he did a 900 up the chimney, he rose. He landed it clean and rejoined his team. They seemed so stoked, if you know what I mean. As they skated away, I heard him shout, Merry Christmas to all those who skate! Peace out! Wishing your friends, family, and everyone in between a spectacular Christmas with lots of love and holiday cheer to last throughout the year. The End 
And there you have it, the Skater's Night Before Christmas book. A lot of fun to do. My books can be purchased at DougBrownBooks.com or DougBrown.org, along with my Christmas CD and all my other goodies. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful, warm, safe, special Christmas this year. Make the best of it. Reach out to your friends and family however you can. There's so many resources to do that. In closing, I will leave you with the song Silent Night, sung by Margot Steiner, a friend of mine I've worked with in the past. She is an up-and-coming singer-songwriter that's doing all kinds of stuff. Check her website out, margosteinermusic.com. There's the T after the O. It's silent. In this version of the song, you will hear me doing vocal harmonies and some electric guitar work. So Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year. i